All right, all right. Yo, 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 what it do, what it do. It's your boy, Yellow the Poet. And today on YT Entertainment, we are actually going to be speaking with Miss Beverly Hawthorne. She has been in customer service for a long time, at least a good 25 years. Awesome. She has some other things. She's a grower. She's a nurturer. And we are going to learn more about Miss Beverly Hawthorne. But first, I want to welcome you, Miss Beverly. Thank you so much for being here. I greatly appreciate you being on YTN, YTB Entertainment. It is truly, truly a blessing. Well, thank you so much. And I'm very excited to be here. And I'm I'm very excited to speak with your audience and, and to share some of my learnings over the many, 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 many years that I've been in. Uh, customer service. So thank you again for having me. You are very, very welcome and many blessings. I greatly appreciate you being here, no doubt. So Ms. Beverly, for the first question of our session, please enlighten us more about yourself and what you do. Okay, well, thank you. Um, I am a owner of uh, Strategic HR Consultants. And clients hire me, they rely on me to maximize team performance. So I craft solutions and uh, processes that enable increased performance, increased production, and team collaboration. Through careful and detailed examination and process reviews, along with key assessments of team dynamics, I have an arsenal of tools that allow me to help transform an average team mm -hmm. into a team that consistently surpasses the organizational goals and objectives. So, so awesome. basically that's, that's what I do at Strategic HR Consultants. Awesome, awesome. So tell me, and the audience, of course, how has being in this profession shaped your life? Being in customer service, I started in customer service years ago as a young girl right out of high school. My first job was as a bank teller. As you can imagine, when you're dealing with money, accuracy and detail and a lot of other things are important, as well as when you're dealing with people and their money, you develop a way to relate to people. You develop soft skills that maybe you might not get otherwise when you have to gently tell someone, I'm so sorry, I'm unable to cash that check for you and explain why mm -hmm. and Sometimes you, you know, have to tell people that they can't do what they were anticipating doing. Mm -hmm. So that skill, the ability to say no gently, <laughs> developed over the years. Also, the excitement of giving someone or helping someone in what they actually attempting to do is also a skill. Mm -hmm. Being in customer service gave me both ends of that, 
Mm-hmm. And I feel like it rounded out my personality. Okay. I think generally I'm I'm a soft skill person, but my career has helped me to grow that. From bank teller, I moved on to other positions in the banking industry, several other positions. I moved on to management. I moved into what used to be called data processing, yes. but we call it IT now. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so, oh yes, I've managed some data processing teams, done a lot, been head teller at the bank, done a lot at the bank. And then I moved on into uh, government positions, mm-hmm. which again, I was customer facing, dealing with customers, dealing with clients and helping them to achieve their goals or maybe helping them reconsider their plans. (laughs) Again, soft skills are required. Ended up at AT AT&T where I worked for the last 25 years of my career. Mm -hmm. Customer service, customer service manager, implementing customer satisfaction initiatives, project lead on those type of initiatives, project lead in bringing in uh, a a business process outsourcing, which Mm -hmm. is where we went to a contractor and brought them in to do a lot of our work. So led that process, trained uh, project managers, uh, trained team leads, just kind of, you know, ran the the gamut there in uh, customer satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Also, I've worked in labor relations for AT&T, where I actually worked on the team that managed and negotiated the working agreement. We, You would call it a contract. Yes. At AT&T, the employees that I managed were all union represented. So there's a, there's a requirement to handle everybody's concerns in the same way. There's a book that tells you what you can and cannot do. Mm -hmm. So again, needing to address people to say, unfortunately, I can't honor that request for you. However, maybe we could do this. So that's where I learned to position an alternative. (laughs) You got to say no, you know, toss something else out there that may be as attractive or may soften the blow of the no. Yes. So I've I've been in customer satisfaction, working with customers, understanding how they feel, understanding how the representative who has to manage the customer, understanding how they feel. Mm-hmm. And it's been quite a growth opportunity. I've been able to take all these learnings into my personal life. Awesome. Awesome. That's what's up. So <laughs> tell us. Because I'm, I'm, I'm definitely paying very close attention to everything that you're saying. So tell us how does this um, differentiate from your personal life to your professional life? What is, what is a, what are some of the things you're balancing between the two? Well, once I obtained my project management certification. I realized that I was a project manager by nature, (laughs) (laughs) which my husband will definitely tell you. (laughs) 
Boom. So, <laughs> yes. So every now and then, I have to remember it's a cookout, not a project. You know, <laughs> I have to remember it's Christmas dinner, not a project. <laughs> <laughs> so and, and it, it does require me to kind of step into another aspect of my personality. Mm-hmm. But as you mentioned in the beginning, I'm a grower, I'm a nurturer, and Ultimately, that's what project managers do. They're not just all mean people that tell you what you can and cannot do, you know, and when you better do it. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so that that kind of, you know, I, I do have to balance that and I have to recognize when that's happening. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to recognize when I need to step out of my project management role and into my mommy role or yes. my auntie role. Yeah. You know, so Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Totally understand. You, um, your story kind of reminds me of something that I did before a company called Ion Securities. I actually was the um, escalations manager for the company. So yeah. it got escalated. I was there to actually de-escalate the problems, de-escalate those situations that were happening. And finally, get the people to understand, look, these rules are in place for a reason. We're not trying to combat against you or say something against what you want or what you need. We're trying to help you. But if we don't ask you questions, we won't understand Mm -hmm. the nature of the call. Mm -hmm. So please, by all means, give me the nature of the call. What is it that you actually called there for? Because sometimes you say it one way, but we on this end understand it in the technical aspect. So we may not understand exactly what you're saying. So we're asking right. these details so that we can get some form of elaboration in order to perform collaboration. Without the elaboration, we can't collaborate on anything. <laughs> so now... My question to you is, when situations like that happen, how does it make you feel being on the other end? How does it make you feel? Because we can already understand some of the situation on how the customer feels, those of us who've been in customer service. Mm-hmm. But how does it make you feel when you're having to deal with these up and down situations? Well, as a customer, I, I can't help but fall into my management role sometime. Mm-hmm. And again, my family calls me the customer service police <laughs> because when I see <laughs> bad customer service, you know, I point it out. <laughs> Unfortunately, a lot of times, most of the times, many times, the customer service person that you're speaking with mm-hmm. has not been empowered by their organization to thoroughly support your claim. They're hindered by rules and regulations, as we've mentioned, and they're hindered by management not wanting them to give refunds or replace 
uh, product or, you know, they're hindered by that. So one thing I would say that's really necessary that I notice is to empower your people. Mm-hmm. Empower your people. You hired them, you train them. They should be able to make a decision whether or not to move forward with this customer's complaint in a satisfactory manner to the customer. Yes. But you're you're correct. Uh, as a as a customer, it's a little difficult uh, sometimes not to uh, start to coach that employee. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's it's a little difficult, but um, I I do I do try to understand the the representatives' perspective and limitations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And being in management can be a, a tough situation at times because we, as managers, we wear many hats, and a lot of times we're placing ourselves in the situation of that customer, of that customer service representative. And sometimes with people that are in a lower position than us in management, sometimes we're, we're, we're putting ourselves in our shoes before, in their shoes before we can make that decision as to what we need to say to them. And mm-hmm. a lot of people who have never had that experience wouldn't understand that. That's, mm-hmm. that's alienated to them because they don't see what we see. They don't understand what we understand. They're looking at it from a whole different perspective as kind of a uh, rumor type of thing or a bougie type of thing. They're looking at it from that standpoint instead of looking at, okay, we're bound by the same rules that you're bound by because mm-hmm. you're under the umbrella of another company. Mm-hmm. We're bound by those same rules and it's tough to um, ignite something different, something more innovative when the company is not willing to back you on that, that's tough. So you have to pick and choose your battles, as old school used to say. (laughs) You're exactly right. (laughs) You're exactly right. And that's a great point. I found whenever I can quantify Mm -hmm. in a dollar amount what this activity is costing the company, they listen a little more carefully, <laughs> yes. but you've got to do that research to, you know, quantify that and put it in those terms other than, you know, for instance, let's say when employees are disengaged, mm-hmm. there's actually a cost associated with that. Yes. When you've not ignited, to use your word, your employees to where they feel that fire, to where they feel that passion about what they're doing, mm-hmm. and they become disengaged. Mm-hmm. What I call doing their eight and hitting the gate, you know, <laughs> just coming in, doing what they have to do, and then leave. You know, there's no innovation, no creativity, no, hey, you know what I was thinking? What about if we do it this way? You know, when you don't get any of that and your employees are disengaged, there's an actual dollar cost to that, yes, you know. Yes. Yeah, you know, if you take their salary and multiply that by, I don't know, five people who are disengaged, then that's how much money you're losing yes. by, you know, not being able to engage them fully. Yes. So 
the amount of yeah, training well, that you paid for. Right. Even be right. for pledge employees, the the payroll dollars that you um dished out, the oh my goodness, there's so many yeah. that are in that that's not being looked at sometimes. And it's sometimes it makes the employees feel like because I was in that position before, sometimes it makes the employees mm-hmm. feel like you really don't care if you lose. You don't it. care. <laughs> That's right, exactly. Right. And, right. and, and those disengaged employees, they start to take more time off work. So now you're, you know, vacation, sick time, mm-hmm. you know. And then that sometimes becomes what you call a group think, yes. where, where the people around them start to become disengaged yes it's that indirect um that that indirect um (laughs) um, that indirect uh, effect yeah it's an indirect effect because a lot Mm -hmm. of don't look at it from the perspective of where the company is looking at it but then the company is not always clear as to how they should look at it either (laughs) yes and 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 i'm glad you brought that up because companies need to make sure that their goals and expectations are documented and clear to the employee Mm -hmm. but also we need companies need to let employees know we're in this together these are your goals and your objectives. These are your metrics. This, these are the numbers you're trying to hit or whatever it is. And I'm here to help you do that. Not I'm here to make sure you better do that. Yeah. I'm here to help you do that. Mm-hmm. So let me know how I can help you do that. Meanwhile, I am not going to insult you by micromanaging you, mm-hmm. standing over you, you know, I'm I'm not going to do that. I'm going to help you get there. We'll talk occasionally, be it one-on-ones every month or, you know, um, semi-annual evaluations or whatever. I think a yearly evaluation is a little too long, but we'll talk from time to time to see how you're, how you're coming along with that and what else, if anything, I can do to help you get there. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And and incentives. I mean, a lot of times companies feel like these incentives have to be massive in order for the employee to be satisfied. But it's it, the incentives can literally be something small. It's just a token of appreciation, just showing that you are actually paying attention to the people that are actually working for your company. These incentives, like one company I work for, they would give like keychains, they would give t-shirts, uh-huh. something small, but they would only give them to the people that were actually showing initiative. So then it became a trickle effect where the other employees were like, well, well, let me do this or let me do that. I need to do what you uh-huh. what you've been doing. So uh-huh. you know, we're explaining everything that we're doing, the ones that are doing good. And it's something somehow, some way it's actually benefiting the other employees because now they want to do it too and if we need to create those type of environments we create a home type of feeling and if we get that home feeling going omg you'd be surprised how fast and how much that company can grow yes yes i'm I'm glad you mentioned that because what you just 
touch base on is what um, one of the things that, that I do, which is to help maximize team performance. I help companies build high-performing teams. Awesome. And those are aspects that you just described of a high-performing team. Mm -hmm. When people feel appreciated, it's a whole different yes. <laughs> way that they act. And it doesn't take a lot. You know, you can, like you said, key change. You can even acknowledge somebody in a meeting, you know, acknowledge their work and how they helped the team get here or, you know, something that they did. Um, you can give a Starbucks gift card. You can, there's so many ways to acknowledge performance that doesn't have to be the big raise or you know whatever else you have the big plaques with the yeah. you know gold lettering there's so many other ways that you can acknowledge people on like a daily or a weekly basis and yes. that that lets them know that you care about them mm -hmm. they're important their contribution is important yes. a lot of times people don't feel that their contribution matters that's true so yeah, let them know that their contribution is a, is important and it's appreciated. So, and that that's one of the ways that that's one of the aspects of a high performing team. Awesome! I'm so glad to to have you here for this particular type of topic. And I felt like this is something that was needed because a lot of people don't see customer service from every angle; they just see it from mm -hmm. one angle, um, that mm -hmm. person behind the counter, and that's it. So and that's it. people look at it as that person behind the counter represents the entire company, which is, <laughs> is not true. <laughs> if not I walk at all. a grocery <laughs> store and I see a cashier, I see a thousand cashiers, all of those cashiers do not represent that company. No, they, they represent don't. that one moment, that one section that they're mm -hmm. in control of. And as long as they're doing what the company tells them to do, they're still employed. But mm -hmm, mm -hmm. most people don't see that. It's a it's a real thin line for them. They really don't have much power, much authority, but they do have influence. And yes. it's how they do their jobs that creates the type of influence that makes the customers want to come back. Yes, the company sees this, but does the customer see that? Not all the time. No. Not all yeah. the time. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. we continue to point out and give and give the type of support that our employees need, then yes, they're going to become top performers. And mm -hmm. that's what we want. We want top performers so that our business can grow as a business owner. We want to, we want our business to grow, but how do you help your business to grow if you're not doing anything for that to happen? Right, exactly. <laughs> and, and those top performers, as you mentioned, help your business grow and they help other employees. No one wants to work at a company where all the customers are unhappy mm -hmm. and angry and complaining. And mm -hmm. every call you take, somebody's angry or somebody's mad or somebody's unsatisfied. Yes. So that's when you start getting into that employee churn. Mm -hmm. 
you mm. know, when they start going to your competitors because you're not doing anything to keep your customers happy. Sure. And every day I come to work and I'm people are yelling and screaming at me over things that because you haven't empowered me aren't within my control. I'm going to go work for XYZ company because they have a higher customer satisfaction rate than, than you do, you guys. So, yes, yeah. So, and some companies yeah. don't look at the fact of reviews. When your reviews look bad and then the company morale has gone down, how much money as a company owner do you expect to make? <laughs> It's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult. I I, I read, uh, you know, we all know that um, people only talk about the trains that are late. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when people have problems with your business or with your product or with your service, they tell other people. And again, you can quantify that in terms of lost revenue or, you know, lost customers. It, it costs far more to obtain a new customer than it does to retain an existing customer. So, so once you start talking about losing customers because they're talking to each other, mm -hmm. and in today's world, it's very easy. They throw a review <laughs> on Facebook. They yeah. throw some on Instagram. They throw, and then you are in the <laughs> mud puddles, man. You you know, <laughs> because once they toss, <laughs> yeah, once they toss that the YouTube, once they toss that out there. Then other people come in and say, yeah, I had the same problem. They did this to me. And then you just like, uh, so, you know, yeah. you got to be, those reviews can kill you. Yes, this, can. <laughs> you know, that's like sticking a pin in your air raft. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a vampire getting staked. Like that. Right, right. <laughs> Let's yeah. get this one. This was not working for us. <laughs> yes, exactly. So you want those reviews, which is why I think it's a good idea to have a team or a person or maybe the business owner look at your reviews. You know, there's companies that will do this for you. They'll look at your reviews and they'll respond. Mm -hmm. You know, so look at your reviews. And, and I always, because I talk about the trains that are late too. So when I give a bad review and somebody comes back to me and says, oh, I'm sorry this happened to you. Let me try to, I'm like, what, really? Oh, you know, I was really just talking about my experience, but it's great that you heard me. Yes. And not only did you hear me, you're going to try to rectify this for me. Yes. So yes. I, I definitely advise companies to do that. Look at your reviews and respond. Yes, you know? please do. Because I had some, I had one actually that has, no, it was two. I, they sent me something response back to my review about the customer service I received, but they were giving me negative input. You don't know what you're talking about. Oh, you yeah. should come to my store doing this and just, don't be putting this out here. Like I'm like, OMG, baby, this is my experience. You know, <laughs> this, is oh, my, my this is the experience that I had in your place of business. So if I'm doing this as a customer, then obviously I care enough to say, hey, something needs to change. Exactly. And see, not only have you just told us all about the review, even though you didn't tell us the company name, you just told lots of people, you know, so and that's how those reviews travel. That's yeah. how they travel. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And they travel big. It's not something. It's not something that's. <laughs> 
<laughs> here it is right now and then tomorrow it's gone. No, that's it's not a regular rumor. This is a right. international rumor now, you know, and yes. it may not be a rumor because when you know rumors can go up and down, but when you speak in facts. And then there's other people that has experienced the same thing. Mm-hmm. That's not a rumor. Mm-hmm. That's not mm-hmm. a rumor. Now your business is going to be in some type of trouble. You're going right. to lose something somewhere. Yeah, you're going to lose. And now you've got to increase your marketing. You got to do something different with your marketing to combat that thing that happened, you know. Yep. So, it's just, you know, it's so many different ways that customer satisfaction impacts a business, mm-hmm. um, the revenue, the profits, the customer loyalty, the sustainability. It's just so many, you know, I could just go on and on about how important um, your customer service is, your frontline team. Yes. So train those folks, empower yeah. those people you know, guide those people and help them to deliver the type of service that you yourself expect as a customer. Oh, Oh my goodness. You definitely said something extremely powerful right there because Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that these business owners go into places expecting, just like regular people, any of anybody, we go into places expecting good customer service. Customer service. That's so right. if you as an owner expect good customer service, why aren't you teaching that? Why aren't you passing that down to the employees? Why aren't you taking that as a learning experience and passing the buck to your management team so your management team can teach that? Right. Like you said exactly. empowering them. Empowering yes. them. You don't empower them in some way then yeah, nine out of 10 times, they'll go to somebody else, just like you said, and mm-hmm. get from there. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. this person that had the potential to be great in your company, they're great somewhere else. For your competitor. Exactly. They're great for your competitor. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. They're great for your competitor. Oh, so my- we've... We've definitely got to, you know, empower our people and grow them and give yes. them the training that they need so that they can be the best for us because it is going to cost you uh, customers and employees if your service is unsatisfactory. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So let me ask you this. When you're um, doing your your business, how is it? I mean, are you doing this just locally or are you doing this internationally? whether it's in person, person to person, or whether it's um, um, via internet, or how are you doing it? I am I am national right now, mm-hmm. mostly local. I'm in Georgia, and so the surrounding Southeast area is pretty much my territory right now. Okay. So states like, you know, Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia, Florida, the Carolinas, Tennessee, you know, those areas, that's primarily where I have expanded into Texas. Yay! That's where so, I am right now. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I've, I've expanded into Houston. Okay. So, yes, yes. So, um, Texas. Oh, okay. Okay. So, 
But I, I do have uh, a product that I offer online facilitation workshops. Mm -hmm. It's called, you may have heard of it, it's called Everything Disc. And it's a personality profile assessment. Okay. So it helps peers to understand each other's preferences and priorities yes. and for the leaders so that they work better together. Just for instance, you know, Beverly might like information delivered to her at a high level. Mm -hmm. She doesn't want all the details. So you're going to frustrate Beverly when you start giving her all these minute details. She just wants to know what's the bottom line. What do what I need to do? Exactly. Where, whereas a person like yourself, you know, you may want details to help you make the decision, especially if it's a monetary decision. Okay, mm -hmm. well, I need more information. So once you and I take those assessments, because it tells me how you work. It tells you how I work. It doesn't just tell, you know, some personality assessments just tell you about yourself. Yes. But this particular, you can compare and you can compare yourself to everybody in the group. You mm. can compare yourself to your leaders. So you get a better understanding of priorities and preferences. That is a workshop that I offer online. That's workshop training off online. That is awesome. Yeah, it, it's it's really a great product, and I'm I'm really um, I'm really happy with it. That is awesome. I love that. I mean, but most of my clients, I can kind of um, I like to come in and meet you in person, particularly after COVID. Mm -hmm. I got a little lonely meeting people. You know, I started missing <laughs> that human contact. Yes, yes. <laughs> so. I like whenever possible to come into your office and sit down and talk with you yes. and maybe get a bird's eye view of your operation and, you know, just how it looks and, you know, talk about your pain points, you know, what's happening, what's bothering you. Yes. Yes, indeed. That is so important. I love that. I love that. And I love the fact that you came up with the system for that. That is truly amazing. That is awesome. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, mm -hmm. on the average, how are the businesses taking consideration to your idea? How are they actually inputting that? Well, again, quantification does a lot. <laughs> you know, when I can show you in terms of revenue and profits, lost or gain, mm -hmm. opportunities, that usually that's really pretty much what will get you over the finish line. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, there are some companies who may feel that they aren't in position to mm -hmm. take advantage of these opportunities. So I kind of craft little, I'm very flexible okay. in how I can work with you. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, will, you know, put together a little, program for you and then maybe later you know you can go into something else but one thing that I do um, make sure that I offer is continued support mm -hmm. I'm not you know gonna be as much involved as I am when we're implementing when we're developing and implementing your plans mm -hmm. you can always reach out to me later and say a question about this or so we've ran into that now that's kind of what differentiates me from other people in my arena mm -hmm. i continue to be available on some level to awesome. my clients 
Awesome. That is awesome. I love it. So um in at this at this point, I'm curious, are you sole proprietor? Are you corporate or do you work with a team? Do you have a team of people that's working with you? I'm a solopreneur, I like to say. Okay. <laughs> I do have a team and I do have partners. Okay. So I've got people behind me to kind of, you know, push, you know, keep keep the engine moving. Yes, yes, indeed. Again, even with my partners, if you're working with one of my partners and you need me, mm -hmm. I'm there. Or if there's a communication issue or, you know, any kind of issue you're having with my partners, I'm mm -hmm. there to help resolve that for you. Awesome, awesome. I love that. And you reminded me of um, my thing that I do with um, when I was talking to you about the YCP Gentlemen's Club. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things that I do is to help break the barriers of communication. Because a lot of times we don't realize that male and female speak differently. And because That's our right. communications are so different, we have to elaborate a little bit more just like we do in customer service. Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. a little bit more in order to make known or make understandable Standing. what mm -hmm. the problem is, what the issue is, and how we can resolve it. So yes, I love that. Yes, love particularly that. if you're um, talking written communication, I have a rule. Once the third email passes and there's still confusion, it's time to pick up the phone. Mm -hmm. And because a lot of times the written word is interpretive, mm -hmm. what I said might not be what you heard. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so that that's that's what you know we call in the project management world noise. Yes. If I send a message and it's not received, it's noise. Mm -hmm. You know, so to eliminate all that noise. Uh, that's my rule. When when the third email passes with still questions, it's time to pick up the phone or schedule an in-person or at least a virtual meeting. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Now, mm -hmm. one of the things that I did with one of my clients was we actually met up at a local Starbucks. I had a, mm -hmm. a lady who was much more mature, you know, than I am. And she was trying to figure out how to publish her book. We had talked briefly, you know, in a place of employment, but it was not enough time to really get her to understand exactly what she needed to do. So we mm -hmm. actually ended up at a Starbucks and we were able to get a lot of successful communication out there. And she has a more broad understanding of what she needs to do now. And that mm -hmm. that's a blessing that you make yourself available in your business whereas if the people that are working with you or people that are working on a different level than you are not able to get the message across you yourself can actually get that across mm -hmm. that is mm -hmm. also mm -hmm. definitely commit yes. for that because we don't thank you that a lot we really don't yes lot. And that's yes and, and and that's customer service yes. you know that's that's become one of my for lack of a better word, I'll say issues with businesses sometime today. There's so many chat bots and AI and um, 
you know, prompts for this, press one, for that, press two, for this. There's even a company, and I won't mention their name, but I called to complain about my internet service. Mm -hmm. And they said to me, the the chat, by, uh, the, the AI said, okay, do this, this, and this. And if that doesn't work, call us back. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> yes, so, yes. <laughs> so I did this, this, and this. And I called back and I promise you not, this AI machine said, oh, I see you called before about this problem and what you did didn't work. You know, and I'm like, no, you know, and I'm, you know, representative, representative, you yeah. know, I think I, I know that because, you know, things are so big now and there's so mm -hmm. much going on now. I realize the need for the artificial intelligence, yes. but I just don't want it to replace the human interaction yeah. because I could have told a human what the problem was and not had to call back. Yes. They probably had could have fixed it. I ended up getting a human anyway on the third call. Mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> so, you know, I understand the need for AI. I'm not saying that it's not needed. I'm just saying it shouldn't replace you know, a complete human interaction because, mm -hmm. yeah, we I agree with human, you. So human contact. I may, I may, I may share something with you. At times, I can't stand having to go through that whole thing with AI. So, I mean, I do understand it. Don't get me wrong, but at times, I can't stand it, especially mm -hmm. if I have a simple problem and I'm just looking for a simple solution. Right. Now, what I do is I find the local office. And when I have time, I, I stop at that local office mm -hmm. and I request information from them or I request a direct line to tech support. If, I mean, just whatever the issue is, a customer service, customer, I mean, um, tech support, whatever it is, I request a direct line to them because your AI obviously cannot solve every problem. <laughs> it can't solve every problem. And for people like me, I am originally from Detroit, Michigan. I lived in Tennessee for a while. Really? I'm awesome. originally from Chicago. So okay. I'm, I'm your neighbor. <laughs> yes. Well, I got lots of family in Chicago. We went to Chicago all the time. So uh, living in Tennessee for a while, and now I'm in Georgia. When I go home to Detroit, my family and friends say, you sound so Southern. <laughs> when I'm talking to new people here in Georgia, they say, where are you from? You're not from Georgia. You're not from the South. <laughs> so AI struggles to understand me. Oh, wow. Even the AI in my car, mm -hmm. who I talk to all the time, <laughs> <Yes>. struggles <laughs> to understand that Northern Southern yes. accent. Yes, so, <laughs> so I say that to say, AI doesn't always understand what we're saying. It doesn't yes. always, you know, I spend a lot of time saying that they're like for one, for yes, press one, for two, press no. You know, is that what you said? No. You know, okay, I think you said for one, press yes, for two, press no. Is that what you said? No, you know? <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> Yes, indeed. Oh. I get a lot of that. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. That is so funny <laughs> you said that because I get that same thing when I go back to Chicago. They be like, man, you sound so country. Like, I, I, I sound country because part of my family comes from Tunica, Mississippi, Memphis, Tennessee, 
Yeah, mm-hmm. my family originated from the South. So, of yes. course, it's going to be in the bloodline. No problem. And then when, <laughs> I, when I'm here, like I'm here in Texas, I used to live in Georgia for 14 years. They all oh. said the same thing. They kept saying, oh, you're not from here. We can tell you're not from here. What you? <laughs> and when I say where I'm from, most of the time, the first initial response is silence. Like, Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I get that. Okay. So is it mm-hmm. they in Chicago, they have all of these um gangs mm-hmm. is it mm-hmm. rough and all these killings? Oh my goodness. I get so tired of answering that question. Yes. <laughs> yes, it's true. Yes, I grew up in the worst part of Chicago. I made mm-hmm. that yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's I like, oh my goodness, stop, let it go. Mm-hmm. And I, I got the same Detroit thing. too. I got family in Detroit. Oh, okay. So we've traveled the same roads in life. (laughs) That just goes to show you it's a small world. You got to be kind to everybody because you don't know who you meet and when you meet people. You got to be kind to everybody. Like my um, one one of my frat brothers told me, he said, and I was young at the time when he told me this, he said, be careful of the butt you kick today because there may be the same butt you have to kick you have to kiss tomorrow tomorrow mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yep and my grandmother used to say pepper your words with a little sugar because you might have to eat them so <laughs> you know because you know you just you can't you know disregard people but that's why I say you know project management and customer service is inherent in my personality Mm -hmm. so it's only right that I would have ended up in those careers you know that's awesome yeah that's awesome I'm glad that we got somebody in this world like you because (laughs) without your understanding your poise your your knack for nurturing and growth and things that nature a lot of people will be lost and those people that work with you and around you tell them I said that they're blessed they are (laughs) that they need to definitely continuously take advantage of this opportunity and learn and grow from it thank you so much I really appreciate that comment I I I really really do thank you it's fine. What's yes. on my heart, and I always say what's on my heart. <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. That's that's wonderful to hear. It's like we were saying. It's always nice to be appreciated. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm one of those males for all you people out there listening. I'm one of those males that is all for women's empowerment. Because without yeah. women, trust and believe we would not be here. So let's think about that first and foremost. We would not mm-hmm. be here without the women. So give women their props, give women their respect, give women their due diligence because mm-hmm. not only have they earned it, but they deserve it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, so well said. <laughs> I should you. put that in the, in the preface of a book or something. That's- <laughs> <laughs> so well seen. A lot of that is actually in my short poems that I was saying about. It's called For My okay. These things were inspired by my wife. I actually said all of these things that I've said right now 
I've reached 147 of them. So all these things are things that I've actually said to my wife in appreciation of her and us being soulmates and the things that she has done to help me grow as a man in my life. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's, that is so um, eye-opening and refreshing. That's very refreshing to hear that, you know, just, you know, because sometimes you so guys much. are always talking about how their wives nag them and yap, 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 you know, so it, oh. you know. If my wife was in here, I can tell you this over and over again that she can back me up. We have never once had an argument. Anniversary is coming up, February the 3rd, and we have never once had an argument. 30, really? 30 years. Wow. That is crazy. Oh, my God. Well, I haven't had an argument today. <laughs> today so yeah <laughs> so that is awesome that's that is really you know yeah you know but you know it depends on how you manage disagreements we can disagree it just doesn't have to come to a full-blown you know, thing, yeah. you know, we can disagree, you know, and walk away and say, okay, well, that's how you feel about it. You know, you're entitled to how you feel, which my husband and I do a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, my favorite word is whatever. His <laughs> favorite word is, yep. You know, so, <laughs> so when I say whatever, he'll say, yep. And then that's the end of it. <laughs> The whole wife will say, let's agree to, dis to um, disagree. And then yes. what that means for us is now we're going to try to understand each other from a different level. So mm -hmm. a legitimate debate speaking on that particular topic, and we won't change the topic. We don't do any gut punching or any of those types of things that would lead to an escalation. So we'll have legitimate debate in order to understand one another's points of views. So mm -hmm. it will only end when we actually finally understand where that person is coming it's from. It's coming from. Mm -hmm. right. So now That's that we right. understand one another's points of views, then we walk away and we walk away with a smile because we didn't have to argue about it. We just right. to understand why you feel mm -hmm. one way about it and why I feel another way about it. Mm-hmm. 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 That's it, right. It grow. <laughs> yeah and it's your perspective you know first of all she's a woman you're a man so there's a difference of perspective right there you know and then you know you're from Chicago she's from what you know there's so many things that go into our personalities oh okay well maybe different sides of Chicago I don't know. <laughs> there, there's so many things that go into our personality that cause us to see the same situation differently. Mm -hmm. And you're right. Once we agree to that, mm -hmm. then we can kind of, you know, work towards, you know, a better understanding. Yes. And I like to walk away and calm down and then come back with my thoughts put together. Mm -hmm. My husband is the type of person that is over you know, for him, you know, it's over. So when I come back and say, 
hey, um, let's chat about what happened. He's subject to say, what happened? You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's subject to say, when? What? <laughs> so, you know, then I remind him, you know, and then he'll be, you know, he, he doesn't, my husband doesn't hold anything which is really, really good for a marriage because okay. there's just, we're married and we're going to be married for life and that's just it. And there's nothing in his mind or in our lives that is going to have an impact on that. So uh -huh. if it's not having an impact on that, uh -huh. he just doesn't really care. You know, <laughs> you, know you sound like um, what's called either twin flames or life partners. Because those type of relationships actually last, you know, till one person passes, you know, mm -hmm. old parties pass away. They those mm -hmm. last just as long as soulmate relationships last until one person passes. You know, they those yeah. relationships last a long time. My wife and I looked into a whole bunch of different types of um, cosmic, spiritual, different ways that relationships are impacted and that's why i'm able to tell you this because this summer oh. together. <laughs> awesome awesome okay well that's i guess we're together for life you know that's that's what we know you know but you know like i said if it if it's not going to impact that he doesn't really you know so that does help Tell us some of the, the key things that you want people to learn, not only about you, but also about your profession. Oh, that's a really good question. So some of the things I would like people to understand and realize about what I do is I'm all about creating a culture of unity and teamwork and happy customers, employee engagement. I'm all about, that really does exist. There is a culture where that all happens, you mm. know? So I'm all about helping my clients to build that while they increase productivity, increase uh, collaboration, increase revenue, retain profits. Mm. So there's a way to put all that together. Yes, You've got to look internally at your processes. A lot of times you've got hiccups in the customer experience, like what we were just speaking of with the AI. See, that's a hiccup in the customer experience. So somehow you need to smooth out, look at your customer experience. And the customer experience is from the time they first are introduced to you mm -hmm. throughout the lifetime. So that includes products, repair, mm -hmm. um, dispatches for your, you know, for your home, if, if you're in that type of service business, the, the customer service, of course, billing, you know, all of that is a part of the customer experience. Mm -hmm. So look to find areas to improve there. Yes. And that's, that's one of the main things that I do. Also look at your team dynamics. How do your people work together? Do they trust each other? Do you have an open line of communication where we can all come into the meeting and talk about, you know, I can say, you know, okay, well, I feel this way or why are we doing it this way? Can we do it this way? 
make sure there's open lines of communication and that you hear people. And most importantly, make sure that there's a spirit and a culture of belonging for mm. everybody. Yes, indeed. Everybody, regardless of um, race, religion. Mm. I mean, the law says you have to do that, but I'm just saying in your in your business, make sure that that's happening. Yes. You know, make sure that people don't think, well, I'm this, and so they don't want to hear what I got to say, or you know, make sure that that's not happening. Make sure there's a culture inclusion. You call it diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. Make sure yeah. that DEIB is happening. Yeah. That's where some of your best ideas are going to come from, from your diversity. That's where some of your best plans and thoughts are going to lie. Mm -hmm. So those are things that that I try to help businesses do. Awesome. Um, on a, on a personal level, I just got my little business out here and I'm just trying to, you know, make things better for, for, for other business owners who could use my expertise and my skill and my knowledge. Awesome. Um, I'm just here for you for that. Hey, As the kids say, I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> So that's where the name of your business and where we can actually reach out to you, different social medias, websites, wherever we can reach out to you. Give us that info. Okay. Well, uh, I am Strategic HR Consultants with an S on the end, mm -hmm. and you can reach me many different ways. Mm -hmm. My website is customer measures with an S.com because I measure customers. So customermeasures.com. You can you can take a look at what I do there. You can reach me via email at beverly at customermeasures.com. Or you can just pick up the phone and give me a call. My number is 888-272-7711. And you can reach me any of those ways. I'm, I'm also on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. And you'll see all those handles when you go to my website. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Miss Beverly Hathorn. Yes. It's been a pleasure having you. Thank you so much. This conversation was awesome. I really feel that people are going to benefit from this. And I'm looking forward to the opportunity to actually get a chance to see some of your work and what you do. Looking sure. forward to it. So, sure. Um, Please, by all means, whenever you get a chance, please put that number down there so that I can add that number to the comment sections for this video when I submit it to you. Definitely. Okay. Uh, I moved my computer. Oh, it's all good. You can you can do it later. It's fine. <laughs> okay. There you go. Well, awesome. Thank you so mm -hmm. much. I will definitely pass this along so that you can get more business more customers more you know growth sure. enlightenment things of that nature <laughs> mm -hmm. sure sure um yes I'm, I'm i'm very happy to have been on the show and this was a very invigorating enlightening and refreshing discussion it was yeah. nice getting to know a little bit about you this is awesome i'm glad we got a chance to get to know some things about you as well your business and how you handle business is amazing <laughs> do not change please don't change oh. unless it's for the better then that's different 
thank you so much again. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much, Ms. Beverly Hawthorne, everybody. Please, by all means, reach out, show your support, show your love. Thank you so much, Ms. Beverly. Peace and blessings to you. What? Yes. Entertainment, and we are out of here. <laughs> to you and your listeners as well. Peace and blessings. Thank you. So much. <laughs>